Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. I want to speak on the subject this morning, valuing the presence of God. Valuing the presence of God. Hope this sermon is short. And we will go back to a time of uh, just seeking the Lord and uh, asking God for a refreshing to come from His presence. But I want to speak to you on valuing the presence of God in our lives, in this church, in your home, in your work, uh, in a place of work, in your school. But God's presence is precious. That's why we want to value God's presence. See, God's presence is the distinguishing mark of the church and also of the Christians. Are you with me? It is the distinguishing mark for the believer. It's the distinguishing mark for the local congregation. God's presence distinguishes us from other people, from the non-believers, from a social club, from McDonald's. God's presence distinguishes us. Let's read Exodus chapter 33 and verses 15 and 16. Exodus chapter 33, verses 15 and 16. The Bible says, Then Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Now, you've got to underline that uh, phrase, that verse. What else will distinguish me, Moses, and Israel, your people, from all the other people on the face of the earth? See, friends, Moses was convinced that without God's presence in his life, it was useless for him to attempt anything. If God's presence is not in his life, life is meaningless. What he's saying as he spoke to God face to face is, God, if your presence is not with me, then I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. I'm staying put. I wouldn't take a single step more unless I'm assured that you are with me. Unless I know that your presence is with me, I will not leave this place. Why? Because God's presence is the distinguishing mark in Moses' life and he knew in the life of Israel. See friends, Moses knew that it was God's presence in Israel that set the people apart from all other nations. And I'm here to pronounce to all of us that this is the same. This is true in the church of Jesus Christ. This is true. The only thing that sets us apart from pre-believers, from non-believers, is God's being with us. It's Emmanuel in our midst, leading us, guiding us, working with us, working His will in us and through us. And that's what's setting us apart from any other people. The presence of God in our midst, on our lives. Amen? Amen. See, Moses didn't care how other nations received their guidance formed their strategies, ran their governments, or directed their armies. He didn't really bother. What he was saying in these verses is, we operate on just one principle. The operating principle for Moses' leadership for the nation of Israel is this, that the only way for us to be guided, to be governed, to make war, 
to survive in this wasteland, in the wilderness, the only way is to have the presence of God with us. This is our governance structure. This is how we organize ourselves. We organize ourselves around the tabernacle. We organize ourselves by following the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. We are following the presence. This is how we are being led. Not by some amazing strategy or by looking at other governments. We are keeping our eyes on the presence of God. Because he understands that when the, when the Lord's presence is in our midst, no one can harm us. He understands that without him, they're helpless, reduced to nothing. And he's saying, let all the nations of this world trust in their mighty armies. That's what Christine was saying. Trust in the iron chariots. Trust in their skilled soldiers. The new technology, the breakthrough in the weaponry. But he says, we will trust in the manifest presence of our God. That's exactly what he was saying in these two verses. The presence of God distinguishes us from any other people on the face of the earth. And guess how God answered Moses' bold statement. In the previous verse, the Lord said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What an incredible promise. I tell you, if there's one promise you can appropriate for your life, is this promise. When you wake up in the morning, before you leave for school, before you go to work, if you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that today, my child, my presence will go with you. And whatever you do, no matter how stressful work is, no matter how challenging the environment is, I will give you rest. Wow! This is a promise all of us must, must hold tight, must appropriate, by faith name it, claim it. God, may your presence be with me. No matter who I face, no matter what I face, no matter how powerful the opposition is, no matter you know, how scary my principal is, my form teacher is, or, or, or my bosses are, if your presence are with me, I will have no fear. Amen. I will give you rest. And the Hebrew word for rest in this context is a comfortable, quiet rest. So God was saying, no matter what enemies, no matter what trials you face, you will always be able to find a quiet rest in me if my presence is with you. It's good news. Think about this, church. A church body, a congregation that has God's presence in its midst will live and move and worship with a quiet confidence in the Lord regardless of what they might be facing. A lack of finances. A lack of strength. But if you know that God's presence is with you, you can have this quiet confidence in the Lord. The same is true for the, for the individual Christian. If you have Jesus' presence in your life, you will experience God's divine order. You'll have a peace and a calm with no fretting or anxiety or running to and fro to seek guidance, no sense uh, that the base is falling out. You will live at rest knowing that God has everything under control. It's the same for the family. That, there, that there'll be no you trying to pull your hair out, thinking how to manage the household, how to balance your bank 
account how to take care of your children while trying to have a work-life balance. And this all-confusing thing that are so common for many families living in the first world developed Singapore. is common, but with God's presence in your household, you have this divine order, this rest. Amen, that... The pressures of life may be squeezing in, but the peace of God, the presence of the Lord is like a bubble around you. Amen. Come on. It's true in the family. So many Christian families are under stress and duress because they didn't practice this one simple principle unless your presence is with me. It's the same for the marketplace. The same for those of you who are working um, in the secular, in the marketplace. You will experience restful increase in your work. The favor of the Lord is released in your life. You don't know why, but your superior loves you. Your supervisors favor you. You don't know why, but every time when it comes to promotion, uh, the favor of the Lord lands on you. Restful. You're not striving, trying. Because when the presence of the Lord is with us, God will give us rest. See, there are many benefits in the presence of God. Many. I want to show you five from the Bible. The first benefit is joy. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Friends, it is impossible not to experience joy in our lives when we are in God's presence. I was full of joy as Andre was saying, You are good all the time. I just enjoy I'm in the presence of the Lord. I love it. It's fullness of joy. Amen. See, the joy of the Lord, the, the Bible says, is our strength. There's a joy in the presence of the Lord that this joy is a spiritual force and it's a spiritual strength. Friends, whatever you are going through, if God's presence is on your life, joy will sustain you. Joy will empower you. Joy will strengthen you. Don't leave home without the presence of God. Don't go to school without the presence of God. Don't leave your bedroom until you know that He is with you. I mean, it's to simply stop and become aware of His presence in your life. Amen. And you will experience joy overflowing in your presence. His fullness of joy at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Joy. Say joy. joy. I love that word because my wife is named after joy. Amen. Joy. Say joy. The second benefit is great light. Say light. Psalm 89 verse 15. I love this verse. Psalm 89 verse 15 says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Who walk in the light of your presence. See friends, God is light and wherever He is, there is illumination and there is revelation. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, the unfolding or the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I'm here to announce to you, my friends, that in any area of your life, if there is a difficulty or darkness, invite the presence of God in. And when you invite Him into the area by His word, He will give you light that will light up the area, that area up for you. He will give you understanding. He will show you, he will, he, will, he, he will help you understand how and why and how, how you should proceed simply by inviting His presence. Why? Because in His presence, you walk in the light. His presence gives light. Say light. light. The third 
benefit found in the presence is protection. In fact, I'll say divine protection. Divine protection. Psalm 31 and verse 20 says, You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of men, you shall keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. Oh, wow. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. No one knows. You might be going around and there might be a storm around you. There might be a mess around you, but you are simply walking in that secret space reserved only for the believer who has recognized that God is with him. And, he, and, and in the midst of the storm, he, he, he lives in the eye of that storm. In the midst of the mess in your work, in the ministry, in your school, you're walking in the, in the eye of that storm. And people are wondering, why is there peace on your life? A peace that surpasses all understanding. People don't understand why you can still smile. Because the Bible tells us you live in that divine protection, the secret place of His presence. My friends, everybody needs a, a hiding place, right? A place of safety, of refuge, from the strife of, others, of other people's tongues. That's what the Bible is saying. The very presence of God provides a shelter for you today from the wagging tongues of those who would speak evil against you, from the gossips. And we're, and we're no stranger from gossips. Right? In your life, people will talk because they lack understanding and they start commenting on your work, commenting on your character, start passing judgment. Now, you can either react and you can retaliate or you can let God fight for you. But you say, God, I choose to stay in that secret place of your presence. And you say to the Lord, vindication comes from you. Amen. Amen. Try to fight and you will lose. Let God fight for you and you enjoy a, an incredible victory. I've never fought my own battles, friends. Never once in my life. People come against me. Even though I knew that it was all ignorant and they did it out of ignorance. Friends, I've never tried to protect myself. I've never tried to fight for myself. The first thing I did is, God, search me and know me and see if there is any wicked way in my life. Okay, praise God, I'm free from you know, evil ways. And so I said, God, I just hide myself in the secret place of your pavilion. Keep me away. Just do some damage control in my soul. Help me not to become offended, to become angry, to become upset. Fill my heart with love. And can I say this to you? It works! I pray that no one here would you know, just be fighting your own battle all the time, whether it's in the ministry or in your life, at work. Especially in the marketplace when... You know, thousands may fall on your left, ten thousands on your right. Words coming straight at you. You can either fight your own battle or let God fight for you, but stay within His protection. Somebody say amen. amen. Just stay within His protection. If you work in a negative environment where people are creating problems by their words, just hide yourself in the Lord. Amen. The fourth benefit is the rest. I love this. Is rest. First John chapter 3 and verse 19 says, This is then how we know that we belong to, to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. And this is a power-packed verse. This is loaded. This is, there is a co-laboring right here. All right? His presence is right there, but you've got to set your heart at rest <laughs> in His presence. 
You, you, you choose to rest in Him. And in the presence of the Lord, there is rest. There's a, it's a great place of uh, peace and rest in His presence, free from trouble, free from anxiety, free from nervousness, free from worry, free from, uh, free from you know, the fears, and invite Him in and just simply rest. I shared with a few people. Uh, and, and Ariel, if you ask my kids, they would say that that is quite boastful at times, boastful. Because I, I did quite well for my PSLE, right, for my primary school. And uh, I'll say to my kids, kids, come on, you are my children, you should outdo me, you know, just do better. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm just joking with them, but they're always saying, Dad, you, are, you stop boasting, you know. And uh, of course, then uh, one of my children got her results back and it wasn't as good. And so we were praying. And in the end, my wife and I felt it was the will of the Lord for her to go uh, into a slightly longer five years in second at uh, 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 school. Nothing wrong. It's just one more year. But, it was, but it, was a, it was a blow to my pride. You have to understand this. It's not so much for Melody, it's for me. I mean, this whole lesson is mine. <laughs> I was in God. <laughs> but for some reason, I just came to a place of rest and I celebrated, you know, what she is uh, gifted in, her, her art, her, her ability to draw, her ability. And as I looked at the first two weeks of her school, I said, God, I think you are in this. I think you are in this, you know, because friends are coming up to her and say, Melody, can you draw for, for us? Can you just help us do some sketching? She was selected for the volleyball team, which is like a prestigious CCA in the secondary school. And, uh, and, and, and I was scratching my head. I said, Melody, you don't play sports. <laughs> Mummy is the badminton player. I play table tennis, but you don't play sports. She's like drawing and she came home and said, but they told me that you know, if I don't do well in my studies, that I'll be taken out from the CCA, and so I'm going to study really hard. And so I said, wow! But what's the point? The influence. <laughs> but before God starts leading our lives and gives us clarity, He showed me that there's a place of rest in the presence, that I'm not supposed to be fearful, fretting parents. I want to assure you, your children are in great hands. The storm that you are feeling or that you are facing is not your children. It's your own storm. And unless you find yourself in that place in God's presence where you are restful, it will impact the atmosphere in your home. Try, trust me. The, the fear and you know, the, the anxiety will start to permeate the atmosphere in the household. But if you can walk in rest regardless of what may come your way, just embrace the sovereignty of God, I tell you, that will, that will impact the atmosphere of the house. And my children recognize that and they know how to stop me in my track. So sometimes when I remind my daughter that hey, if only you can study just a little bit more, you will... She says, shh, that shh. Stop. Stop all the negativity. Fast from negativity. Okay, yes, Melody, yes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I've got more stories of how my kids are discipling me. Can I just tell one more off the record? Just, you know, it's not part of my notes, but my son was in a fast. 
And if you've been to KI, it was all about fasting in the, in the conference. But before the conference, my son said, Dad, I just felt led to fast for seven days. And I became a concerned parent. Like all parents are concerned parents. I, I said, okay, great. Maybe you just fast you know, from morning till evening. You eat something in the evening. Uh, and then he said, oh, I've not been eating. So after two days, I said, how was the fast going? He said, I've not been eating for two days. And, and I said, oh, man. And I said, Titus, you have to, to take it slowly. Maybe you should break fast. And, you know, just... <laughs> And he looked really troubled. He looked at me and he said, Dad, why are you discouraging me? I said, okay, okay. <laughs> and, but I you know, turned around and said, but, but Titus, I'm trying to give you some wisdom, trying to help you understand. You need to have... And KI came along, right? So he has got school and it wasn't like, it, it's not in June like the previous years. And so he said, Dad, can I come in the evenings? So I said, maybe on Thursday and Friday. He says, but I want to go on Tuesday. But I said, you've got school the next day. His face turned black again. He's, he says, Dad, why are you always discouraging me from pursuing God? I said, okay, son, okay. Okay, okay. I came into the office. I texted him. I said, son, okay, meet me in church at before six and we'll bring you there. <laughs> a former youth pastor now, a parent of a teenager. And all my belief systems you know, are being tested now. Uh. You know, but if I just move myself from being a fearful parent to become a secure man of God, I tell you, they are my pride and joy. I mean, their hunger for the Lord. If only they can be hungry for God for the rest of their life. I tell you, I can assure all the parents here, if your children have a hunger for the things of God, God will take care of them. And I'm seeing that my, I know, my children, <laughs> their lives and the love that we share. And I said, God, that's it. It's no longer just theories. I've got stories now to back up all these principles I used to preach to the young people, to the parents. I'm not fearful. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I know I'm a child and God will take care of my kids. Amen. But rest in the presence. The fifth benefit is refreshing. Acts 3 verse 19 Therefore, repent and return. And this is what some of us need to do this morning. Repent is not just, ah, God, I'm so terrible, but repent is have a change of your mind, yes? And return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. A lot of us, when we are tired, we will just find somewhere and uh, you know, go to a pub, go to a club, listen to some music. But can I suggest to you that the presence of God is like a cold drink in the heat of the, the, the day. It is like a warm shower after a long day's work. This is God's presence. The place I want to be in is you know, in my room with the music playing or listening to a sermon. Or I can't wait to come for Sunday because when, you know, no matter how tired I, I am, as I stand here with the band playing, I've chosen not to look at who's leading worship, not, not, not to be too mindful of the, uh, of the arrangement, but simply to make myself aware of His presence. And every Sunday I walk out refreshed. Every time I go to a worship environment, my soul gets recharged because of this verse. That in His presence, there are, there, there are times of refreshing. So come for the worship night. 
It's not just an, an activity. It's not just an event. It's a place of refreshing. It's a pool of Bethesda. It's a place where you can just drink freely, go for burning hearts, just sit there and listen uh, to Jason singing or the different people playing. Just sit there and soak in the presence of God. Amen. There's nothing more refreshing than to draw close to the Lord and worship Him with His people. I wrote this now. It's more refreshing than Coca-Cola. Trust me. So five benefits of God's presence. Joy, light, protection, rest, refreshing. It's, it's unbelievable. All found in the presence of the Lord. But as we come to a close, the question I want to answer very quickly is how do we maintain the presence of God in our lives? How do we maintain that? See, God attaches a condition to His presence in our lives. And this condition is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. But in the previous verse in chapter 14, King Asa, one of the kings of Judah, led the armies of Judah to a great victory over Ethiopia's million-man army. And yet Asa testified in these two verses, it was God's presence that had scattered the enemy. Not the might of their troops, not their technology, it is God's presence. And so let's read these two verses. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have got no power. Some verses say, whether by many or by few. But as far as God is concerned, nothing is impossible. God, you can help. Whether you send 300 men, 10 men, you can help us. So help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against this great multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let men prevail against you. So this was... Asa's prayer. And verse 12 says, So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. So friends, when Asa and the troops came against this massive army, Asa turned his, his attention and he sought the Lord. Are you, are you with me? He sought the Lord, and the Lord came through for Asa and struck the Ethiopians, and the Ethiopians fled. It is not how many people you have. It's not how rich you are. It is not how many technology you have, friends. It is the presence of God. If God shows up, His enemies scatter. So as Asa and his armies led the triumphant procession back to Jerusalem, a prophet, a prophet, say a prophet. We need prophets, right, in our lives. A prophet named Azariah met Asa and the generals and the troop at the city gate with this message from the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1 to verse 4. I love this. It says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to Asa, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. This is interesting. I love this phrase. The Lord is with you while you are with him. It's a bit like what James said. Draw close to him and he will draw close to you. We can have as much of God as we, want, as we want to. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. I love that. Underline that in your Bible if you can. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Next verse, please. Verse 3 and 4. For, for a long time, and the prophet Ezra was saying, Israel has been without a true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. 
But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by them. So basically, Azariah gave a perspective to what actually happened in the battle. Gave a perspective. Are you tracking with, with me? As uh, Asa, the king, turned to the Lord, sought the Lord. They were up against an, an odd that was just too, too much for them to face. And when they sought God, God gave them a powerful victory. So when they came back, Ezra, the mouthpiece of God, came and gave Asa a perspective. And, and Ezra said to Asa, point blank, reminded him with no holes, but Asa, don't ever forget don't ever forget how you got this victory. Never forget. Always remember. It's not the strength of your army. It's not the military technology. Don't ever forget how you got this victory. You sought God with all of your heart and you turned holy to the Lord when you were in trouble. And that's when the Lord sent His presence. And this is the presence of the Lord that gave you this mighty victory. Now, Ezra was telling Asa, do you remember... There was a time in the kingdom of Judah when everything was out of place. There was no law. There was no guidance. There was no teaching priest. Every, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There was chaos. There was a mess. There was no righteous teaching. Everyone was a law to himself. Do you remember those days? And of course, I said, yes, I remember, which is why we were in this mess. But in the time of trouble, Asa, do you remember you sought God and God showed up and He gave you a powerful victory? He says, yes. He says, never forget that. This is so true for many Christians, especially for those of us who are married, for many Christian homes. Many. And I pray that this will leave an impression in your heart. Those of you who are married understand my voice. Everything is out of order in so many homes, even homes with the Lord is my shepherd on the wall. I mean, <laughs> there is no authority, there is no peace, there is no rest. And everyone, the children, the wife, the husband, does what is right in their own eyes, what he or she pleases. If they want to honor God, they honor God. If they want to choose the way of convenience, they choose the way of convenience. Some Sundays they say, okay, let's all stay at home. Let's go to the park. I mean, there is no honoring. There's no fear of the Lord. There was a time in many such families, we've all deal respect, you know, there was all these challenges and struggles. I read on Facebook and I said to myself, you can spare yourself all these challenges. You can spare yourself from all the heartaches, all the pain. And I don't know whether should I say, should I not, whether should I confront them in love and say, you know what, if only you would do what Asa does. But I don't know whether I should. And some Christians were just being sympathetic, saying, oh, I'm praying for you. I just wish that all of us know the secret to life, and that is to do what Asa did. <laughs> See, no Christian home has to remain dysfunctional. We are covenanted people. God is for us, not against us. If we draw close to Him, as we mention His name, He shows up faster than the speed of light. See, God's promises are unchangeable. His word pledges for the rest of your life, Asa, as long as you continue to seek me, I will be with you. Whenever you cry out to me, I'll always be found by you. That's what these verses are saying. This is the secret to life, the secret to parenting, the secret to marriage, the secret to your career, to your school. If only you seek me, I will be found by you. It's not... 
it is not you. It is not I will try to push myself. It's, it's, it's as simple as if only you will just turn your face to me and seek me, I will be found by you. It's not complicated theology. It's not rocket science. It's not tearing for a million years. It's not beating your chest and saying, God, have mercy. No, if only you will just turn your face to me. Do you know when Asa sought the Lord, when everything was in chaos, there was no righteousness, there was no teaching priest, the only person Asa remembered, we have a God. We have the Lord God. And all he did is, God, help! Nothing is impossible for you. You can save my many or by few. Help us, God! He did. And this is what covenant is. We may be faithless. What does the Bible say? But yet he remained faithful. We may have left him, but yet he's like the faithful husband pursuing the harlot Israel. That's what the Bible says. We may have forgotten our covenant, but God does not. And so all we have to do, the secret to life, to maintaining His blessings, His presence, is we just have to be aware. We just have to say, God, help! Anyone can have the abiding presence of the Lord if only He will simply seek Him for it. Verse 2 says, and the Lord will, will be found by you. The, word he, the Hebrew word for found here is the word matzah, meaning the presence coming forth to enable and to bless. As I close, in short, this verse tells us, seek the Lord with all of your heart and He will come to you with His presence. In His presence, there is joy, there is light, there is protection, there is rest, there is refreshing. And indeed, His presence will be an almighty power in your family, in your home, at work, in this church. This is the promise. This is the promise. When you seek Him, you will find Him. This is the promise. When we seek Him, we will find Him. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. So whatever mess that you are in, whatever mess that you are in, I said to a friend just a couple of days ago, that for, for, for about two and a half years, there was a time, and there were many, many times in my life where I felt I missed God. And sometimes we, we, we miss God. We thought that you know, we, we know better. We, we thought that this is a logical step. We step into it, and we thought that, oh God, it must be you. I miss God. There were times in my life as a pastor, I miss God. There, there are times in your life where you might have missed God. It doesn't matter. Simply say, God, I'm turning back to you again. I'm seeking you, my, my Lord. Help. And here we are, friends, in a wonderful place back in church again. The presence of the Lord is, is real. The teachings have been amazing. Andre, you will hear from Jason. The fellowship is warm. I'm feeling very warm now. It's simply amazing. But do you know what's the key? Seek the Lord and you will find Him. Shall we stand? Amen. The presence of God is a distinguishing mark in the life of the believer. Whatever you are doing, whether you're a student, whether you are 
a business person, you're working for someone, when you walk into a place, if you've been practicing the presence of God, people would know it. People would know it. God's presence should distinguish you from people. That happened in Acts chapter 4. When Peter and John were standing before the Sanhedrin, and as they were being questioned, this was the remark made by, he, by, by their accusers. The remark is this. These men have been with Jesus. What does it mean? It simply means that, wow, your life is marked by God's presence. Like I can just see the little glow and the overflow of the presence of Jesus in your life, Peter and John. You talk like Him, you sound like Him, you act like Him, you behave like Him, the wisdom that you speak like Jesus. This man, see, it is the distinguishing mark of the believer. The presence of God has benefits. And that's why I'm preaching like a madman this morning because I want you to know the benefits of the presence of God. Don't leave home without it. You can leave your visa back at home. You can put a MasterCard in your, in, in, in your drawer, but don't leave home without the presence of God. So what happens if you have lost the presence? There is no need for deep repentance, friends. In your mess, all you need to do this morning Turn your face towards Him and start seeking Him and say, God, you can save by many or by few. I put my trust in you. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but Lord, this morning as a parent, my trust is in you. This morning as the business person, my trust is in you. This morning as a student with my grades failing, my trust is in you. This morning as a friend that's got no friends, my trust is in you. Regardless of what you are going through in life, my brothers and sisters, when you seek Him, you will find Him.